Hey, dear listeners, thanks for tuning back into Greenhouse Gaslighting. Just a little housekeeping for this episode specifically. Uh, I apologize for how long it's taken to get an episode out. Um, And thanks again to you guys for all your patience. I just wanted to say that this episode, while not graphic, uh, does mention sexual assault, harassment, and misconduct as a topic. So if you are sensitive to discussions about this, by all means, feel free to tune out and do something you find more comfortable. I also wanted to stress that uh, the views expressed in this podcast are the views of each participant individually and not reflective of any other organization or person outside of themselves. And if you don't believe me, here's Gabby to say it herself. So I'm Gabby, um, Gabby talking. Everything I say is my own opinion. Everything I say comes from me, and I am not representing anything or anyone. Thank you. So with that, let's get the episode back on a roll. Thanks again for your patience, and let's tune back in to Greenhouse Gaslighting. After all this, you still... I still want that gas, yes. And you had better deliver. Welcome back to the Greenhouse, dear listeners. It's good to be back. Uh, I apologize for how long it's taken me to get to doing an episode. Uh, life has been busy, and I, I'm not sure about you guys. Um, joining me for today's episode is our favorite guest, Gabby. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and returning back to the greenhouse, Sky. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Just, just, just quick question for you guys. Like, has this been a bad beat, bad week for everyone? It kind of feels like it has been. I feel like I got all my bad weeks out of the way like two weeks ago, and then everyone had a shitty week this week, and I'm like, wow, this <laughs> week's been pretty good, hasn't it, everybody? And everyone's like, I'm drowning, and I'm like, well, sorry. <laughs> so I'm having the opposite experience of everyone else, but I was there about two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I felt mine coming on, so I'm like, let me just plan accordingly, because I know, like, Monday it's going to hit the fan. And then it did hit the fan, but I couldn't predict how bad it was going to get. You never know. You know, sometimes you can't just... You got to light that green gas in the house, and sometimes <laughs> it's greenhouse <laughs> gaslighting. Um, speaking of people having bad weeks, let's let's get, let's cut to the chase. Andrew Cuomo recently resigned... After a independent commission assigned by New York Attorney General uh, found him culpable for several charges of sexual misconduct. Let's let's get into the stories because we've all been watching Cuomo a little too closely. And he kind of uh, had this lionized image uh, post uh, the pandemic response. And people flocked to him like he was this kind of hero. And we were critical for a minute. And now it's unfurling around him. So I just wanted to get your guys' uh, initial reactions to the hoopla. <laughs> the hoopla. Um, I will first like to say that he killed everybody's grandma and grandpa <laughs> um, with his initial like um, vaccine push. Just how he dealt with the pandemic to start with. So 
you should never hold a person who actively did that on a pedestal for as soon as you figure out that happened. Um, so it really isn't surprising <laughs> someone who killed y'all grandma and grandpas just is a, a downright bad dude and does bad things. He's just Italian. Come on. <laughs> He's just, I'm Italian. What do you, what do you know? <laughs> that was the worst excuse for anything i'm sorry i what what can my hands just keep moving and sometimes you know you, you, you know italians we talk with our hands sometimes <laughs> when i'm in a good mood i grab a boob or two huh <laughs> like um i have never been so like of anything that i sexually assaulted anyone and i i think it's really bad for italians um to just think that oh you you probably sexually assault because you're Italian. You what else are you gonna do? Is is the Kumo way. <laughs> this this has been single handedly the worst thing to happen to Italian Americans probably since the first round of immigration quotas in the twenties. I I think a lot of other things have happened to Italians <laughs> that have been bad. Yeah, I I wanted to be surprised but hey mm. Yeah, I feel like with his like COVID response, like Sky was saying, like there were things that people swept under the rug because at the time it was like everyone's in high pressure situations, so it's like we kind of need somebody who's going to do things immediately, um, and so we're going to ignore things that don't look so good in terms of Cuomo, um, and all this just hit the fan at the same time. And I feel like I feel like it was kind of a long time coming. I don't know. I guess. The way he speaks and the way he behaves has always been he's not he hasn't really changed his tune i guess is what i'm trying to say like this isn't like a oh my god like new information 180 it's like well Cuomo's always kind of like when he didn't step down initially when like when the attorney general's like uh, report came out and he was just like well i'm not stepping down it's not my <laughs> fault and you're like well duh. like and people are like whoa i can't believe it. it's like well duh he's been like this the entire time like this has kind of been his attitude if you know, I've listened to a lot of his like his like daily updates. He was doing weekly updates and all that, and it's like this has always been his behavior and like attitude. So like I'm not shocked at all. I am mm-hmm. actually surprised he chose to step down. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, I feel like that was a very political, very uh, I'm a good guy, so I'm gonna step down because it's the right thing kind of move, as opposed to like anything else. Um, but that's neither here nor there right now. But yeah, not shocking. Uh, <laughs> Not shocking. Sad. Sad that we should be able to say that about one yeah. of uh, the countries, one of the people that I feel like the country was looking to a lot, like during mm-hmm. COVID especially. So, um, yeah, like a lot of other governors. I know uh, Michigan's governor, like Whitmer, was looking to Cuomo and like a lot of other like Democratic governors who were taking action at the onset of COVID were looking to Cuomo because New York got slammed first. So, yeah, it sucks that I can say I'm not shocked, but like, especially his reaction, I was like, of course like naturally and he's always had like this people call him tough i'm not sure i find him tough so much as it is like he can whine without crying (laughs) that's really that's really the cuomo brand is that he can really whine without crying like if i if i had to do the whole act like i would be in tears that's how pathetic i am but like his brother does too chris cuomo does that on cnn all the time fair enough just whines and just be like Things need to change, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I, I just, I, again, like, what was that thing where, like, Chris Cuomo got in a fight with some dude and, like, 
I forgot what the guy said, but he was like, that's an anti-Italian slur, huh? You can't say that. <laughs> but then, like, with with, with Andy, so with, with, with this guy, Andy, right? I'm trying to remember that one question he got, and it was about the response to COVID. And then he just, like, goes, but you were there in the press conference with me. Remember? When I said that the vaccine would be distributed into my ass? <laughs> It would be distributed into my balls. <laughs> Sorry to rip off a joke there from Cumtown, but it, it's just he has that affect of like disrespect, but it's not it's not as um, explicit as former New Jersey governor uh, Chris Christie. It's not as outlandish. It's not as. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, we, we got to speak about great governors of the tri-state area oh, yeah, here. But, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the bare minimum threshold to, like, be reposted on, like, a Democratic Party fan club fi- group on Facebook. Yeah, it's like he's, he's towing that line of, like, for a lot of people, like, he feels like the kind of, I'm going to get back to this, like, the kind of guy you'd, like, maybe have a drink with or whatever. Like it feels like he's being a little personal and he's being like telling it like it is. And so he's like towing that line. And for me, I've always found it like unappealing. Like when he's like that, I'm just like, shut up, like stop. <laughs> but like other people, I feel like these people who had posted in the, the groups or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like a real guy. He's a real guy. And it's like, well, he's a, he's a real guy in the sense of like, yes, you have a drink with him, but it's not like, you call him as like, hey Andy, let's go get a let's go get a drink. It's more of you're at the bar alone yeah. after a rough day of work, <laughs> and then he's the alone. only other person at the bar. He's like ten chairs down, and so he like, comes oh, over to you and starts friends. talking to you, and it's like, let me well, buy you a bourbon. I'm literally drinking gin. Why? What the fuck? I want a bourbon. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. Like he, it's it's like um, if if a stranger came up to you and starts telling you uncomfortable stories. They're not yeah. doing anything harmful to you, but you feel like this is happening at gunpoint. <laughs> Every conversation with Kumo feels like gunpoint. Well, it, it kind of was. I mean, that's the governor of the state. Yeah. He gives me real um, creepy uncle vibes that, like, your mom just always told you, stay away from him. <laughs> and you listen. Like he gives me like the guy at the barbecue, like the neighbor at the barbecue vibes, where you're like, you're standing there grilling, and he comes up to you, and you can't leave because you're grilling, and he oh just starts God, yes. telling you things, and you're like, I don't want to be here, but I can't go anywhere. You have trapped me, and it's not like things that are like interesting. They're like things about him. They're like, I'm so great. Here's all the things I'm gonna tell you, and you're like, can you please like talk about anything else like i really don't want to hear this but you can't leave you're trapped and he's but he's like not even the he's like the the neighbor like he's like he just kind of wandered on over and like i invited him because like he's alone and just figured like he'd want to hang out and you're like well great thanks i'm happy he's here <laughs> <laughs> he makes me want to die which is which is the funny thing in the testimony about some of the victims and i'm not trying to downplay what they went through it's disgusting that your boss does that but the kind of pathology that Cuomo exhibits it's not it's kind of pathetic 
the way he goes about it. <laughs> like, like he just, oh, you, you're so successful at a young age. I find that very attractive. Would you like to go get dinner with me? I'm insisting. Like, <laughs> I insist we go have dinner and maybe sex. Mm? Like, no, <laughs> no. It, it's so, it's, it's very, it's so creepy. And it's just like, no one wants to go and hang out with their boss in literally most situations, let alone have like a unnecessary sexual relationship with their boss. Like they're like, you're already branded so much being a woman in politics, especially why would you want, especially pre like Monica Lewinsky and Clinton, like why would you want to actively put yourself in this situation? And for all people for Kumo, He's not even hot. Like, he's not even, it's not even like, oh my God. Now, now Illinois Governor so J.B. Pritzker, that's a mensch right there. He, he's so attractive. He has amazing morals. He's a, like, like nothing like that. It's just, this is your creepy boss trying to date you, and you're just trying to do your fucking job. Well, I think, and if we're getting on to, like, the accusations and stuff, I think, and, like, Cuomo's defense i don't even know if we can call it a defense because he kind of just said yes i did these things but actually it wasn't the way that it made it seem like i don't that doesn't really speak defense to me but whatever we can get into that um the one that really was appalling to me though was the oh when he said that the the one young woman uh misunderstood what he was trying to do oh i was trying to help her and she just like didn't understand it and that's so sad that she didn't get it and i'm like this is an adult like this is a, yeah she's a young woman but this is an adult who who understands things and like she was even on i think she was on cnn uh flat out stating like no i didn't misunderstand i'm not a child like i'm not i i, I know when you're doing things that are inappropriate i know when you're asking me things you shouldn't be asking me when it's not okay and to me there's something like particularly sinister about like the way he would he was quote unquote defending himself as like this guy who is very helpful and oh i'm trying to do something good and i'm trying to um really help people or be nice to them or be kind and they're just not understanding and i'm sorry they don't understand that and like to me it's just like it, it's that circular victim blaming kind of language that circles back and says it's not i didn't do something actually wrong i didn't mean it that way but you took it that way and i'm sorry you took it that way and it, it's, it's, it's very creepy and uncomfortable it's like god when i heard him saying it i was like are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is like victim blaming 101, like right, right now. Like, we're listening to Governor of New York do victim blaming 101, and then he tosses them things like, I've done so many things for women. And I'm like, get out <laughs> of here. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, that speech, that speech he made where he's like, as a New Yorker, I am a woman. I am gay. <laughs> I am, I am black. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the speech. That's what he did for I women. Mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what he, he did a lot. He did a lot. Woman. No, it's it's truly bullshit because it's like, how are you going to tell me that I was not made uncomfortable from these experiences and in these situations? Like, that just, that automatically is fucking bullshit. Um, so, it, it, yeah, he didn't even apologize. Like, I'm sorry I made you uncomfortable. I didn't mean to. Like, this isn't what I initially wanted. He just, he's like, I'm sorry you felt uncomfortable, but that's not what I was doing. Fuck you for feeling uncomfortable. You shouldn't be so sensitive, you snowflake. Like, that's... It, that would have been better. It, it would have been better, but, like, that's what it was coded for. Like, he... 
he wanted to do the straight up Republican thing of being like, no, they're lying. But instead of saying they're lying, they're like, I didn't mean to do. He was using the I statements and he understood what he was doing and trying to use every thing in the book that his fucking PR person gave him to manipulate the situation and make everyone's think that these women are out of hand for feeling uncomfortable because he actively made them uncomfortable. Well, and that's like, it's when you listen to his speeches, like again, even before pre like accusations and pre pre all of this, right. Even the way he's, he's a politician through and through, right. Like he's kind of like, I think when I think politician, I think like Andrew Cuomo, like he does all the things that people make comments about politicians doing. And one of those things is that like circular language and kind of like the, connecting things that aren't actually connected so like these things aren't they don't there's not a line of logic between thing a and thing b but i'm going to talk about thing a and then lead into thing b and it's going to make you feel like they're connected and so you're going to kind of have like an emotional thread between the two and he was doing a lot of that but i think uh you know that inherently is not a way that re- regular people talk that's not something that's normal like that that's not something you do in conversation because it doesn't make sense um and it's inherently manipulative so I, I feel like when we, we heard him doing it in terms of these, these accusations, that really came out. And I think when that kind of language is not hit on the head perfectly, it comes off as kind of unhinged. Like we're listening to Cuomo and we're like, what are you even saying? Like you're saying, I, I do hug, I hug everybody. I kiss everybody. So you abuse everybody? Like, is that your point? <laughs> because that line of logic isn't being managed like completely because it's it's just asinine. Like, it doesn't make sense. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting watching that, just on a side note, just watching that breakdown of the way he answers questions and the way he presents information, breaking down in the face of something that's just, there's no way to spin it with that kind of political uh, touch, I guess. Touch was a bad word. <laughs> or excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately what did it for me was like when anytime something like this happens, there's an apology mixed with but someone took what I did out of context, like Apology and excuse. Apology and excuse. Like, what did it to me was like, I've always kissed and touched people, men and women. I'm like, okay, Cuomo. Okay. Okay. Shout out bisexual governor, whatever. (laughs) No. Cuomo is queer coded. He assaults everyone equally. Oh, when he said, there was a point where he said, like, he was like, men, women, all colors. L- or LGBT, and I'm like, Cuomo. <laughs> this is not helping you. This is making it worse. I'm like, oh God, please. And this is this is not the most recent resignation. This was the right after the Attorney General. So anyone who wants to go watch that uh, absolute in uh, pure pure, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Insane. I don't even know what to call it. Wild. <laughs> but it was controlled. It was controlled. That's the thing, because it wasn't like unhinged. It wasn't raving. Like he he really prepped this statement. He really he went through the this. That he was saying. Mm-hmm. He was reading a teleprompter. You could feel that he was reading. The <laughs> this script. was proofread. Like, oh, this yeah. was proofread. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody wrote it, and and his lawyer looked it over. Even the uh, report, his 
so he at the beginning of that statement, like when right after the attorney general's um, report came out, he flat out, he was like, I think New Yorkers need to know the facts. And so you can go read the facts. My lawyer has written up like the facts. And I read the whole thing. His like lawyer statement. I'm just here to say there are no facts in that <laughs> statement. Like it's just all, I didn't, I didn't do it. That's not what happened. It, it's, He's like, you'll see the evidence for the opposite side that the attorney general didn't talk about. I'm like, all of this is just as circumstantial as the stuff you're saying is circumstantial. You're just banking on the fact that people aren't going to read this statement. It also had a typo in the first paragraph, which really bothered me. <laughs> There's so many, so many people read that and that and... It was like yeah this is it it was probably it was probably more it important was, to get it, it out lot, oh, the, yeah the, even it if you don't want to read the whole thing the table of contents is just it's just pure i'm like this it's like the facts and then underneath it has every single woman listed by name and it's like you know unnamed woman and like i'm like oh my fucking god like that is absolutely Oh my God. No one has ever wrote a book about the people who have accused them of sexual assault and be like, this is why they're wrong. Like what kind of fucking, uh, that, that is, he's one of a kind. (laughs) It was a lot. I mean, if you ever want to have a, have quite the time. And then there was, oh, the thing is, is most of it, it's a very long doc, but the most of it was just images of like other politicians hugging and kissing people and there were like images of like blackmail obama like <laughs> hugging people from like the survivors of like katrina and i'm like that's not the same like he's hugging someone who just lost their entire like even if you don't like obama like that's not the same fucking thing <laughs> also there's plenty of politicians who have actually been accused and like convicted of sexual assault that he could have actually used and placed those on the front like people within his his party or not that he could have oh you got like here <laughs> they were all democrats too it was like nancy pelosi uh, Biden, Barack Obama. Could you like, imagine? Like, oh, there were there were a few. There were a few for um, Bush. I will I will give. There were some Bush. Well, in Bush it. is an honorary Democrat these days because yeah. uh, he's mean to Trump now They're or like, something. Ooh, you're not Trump. You are a Democrat. We love you. Um, <laughs> could you imagine Nancy Pelosi? So I like you just bitch slap her. She judges you wrong. And she flies on the other side of the room, dead. Like all like she's not. She's not. No, but could you just imagine like if she, like Nancy Pelosi like inappropriately touching someone? Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, she malfunctioning again. Somebody take her to get fixed. Um, but that's that's I, wild. I picture will appreciate book, a picture book. <laughs> I will appreciate that at the start of uh, his statement, uh, he said, "So let's start New York tough." I do. I do appreciate that much. <laughs> You know what? He said, I'm built for tough, but New York. When the New Yorkers are proud, and he executed that character to the end. You know, props to a real one. You never see anything like I that mean, these days. He's, he's really trying to make it a culture war, but like he knows he can't make it a Democrat and Republican <laughs> one. So he's got to make it a New York and Italian one against everybody else, um, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Because if you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> you should just admit that and you should just try to be better. 
So this is this is probably a good topic maybe to segue into like the kind of or the types of Democrats. You know what I mean? Like we all all of us on Twitter love talking about guys who don't exist but do a thing that we find annoying. <laughs> but I feel like a useful use of that character would be to maybe sort out your types of male Democrats because they really seem to only come in two main varieties these days. Mm-hmm. Um, the first kind is the Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg type, you know, uh, j- just just a man, but he's not sexually threatening as far as you can tell. He is just earnest in a way that's like unnerving. And he probably has never done anything inappropriate because he has no interest in doing anything inappropriate or appropriate in that context. <laughs> right. He has no, like, real sense of agency of being a person. <laughs> well, well, it's it's not just that. It's like, it's like uh, they're so driven by ambition, you don't have to worry about them acting inappropriately in a sexual sense. But it makes them all the more unnerving. And then you have... Uh, this legacy type, uh, the Joe Biden types, that's actually a model that's out of commission. You know, they're like they're like old Pontiac cars. You're never going to see them again, but God, do you love to see them go? <laughs> You'll never get backup parts for them. But then the second kind is Cuomo or Rahm Emanuel, and there's this like, I don't know how else to say it other than there's like a democratic gangsterism that these guys operate on. And I'm not. This is not an anti-Italian slur, guys. I'm not saying that he's in. He's mobbed up because he's Italian. That's not how I'm. I'm running with this. But more of these kind of guys who are able to successfully build this tough guy image. So when you have guys like Rahm Emanuel who are vehemently opposed to people from the left flank, he was notorious for saying, for calling you know progressives the R slur. So when it came to like at working with them or when you have guys like Cuomo, you know, because of his initial refusal to, you know, balk the trend on how Trump was handling COVID. Yes, it makes sense. But then also when it came to how the vaccine distribution was handled, I think this is a good point to bring that up because we're coming into the troubles with the Delta variant. We're coming into some of the failures of the initial COVID response where, yeah, we have the vaccine out, but there seems to be no real force behind getting people vaccinated or getting people safe. Cases are going back up. And I kind of, you know, I, in my estimate, I hold some of these uh, democratic governors who initially spoke up and then kind of fumbled the ball on this as culpable and Cuomo is particularly monstrous in this case because of his refusal to let the vaccine go to anyone and everyone who needed it, especially in NYC, which was one of the hardest hit areas in the country. So I'm wondering that with Cuomo's fall, are we going to see an uptick in Democratic gangster types? Or is this too going to be a legacy uh, type of Democrat that we're going to see less and less of? Um, in my opinion, I think we're going to see less of them in the actual front roles. 
and like actually being the politicians and a lot of them are just going to continue to be those donors and lobbyists chief of staff type thing yeah that are um in the background like controlling the puppet strings and but the people that you never think of because these people those people love to do like sexual assault things they love to be these evil people but they are like look i'm a democrat and i say that women should have rights so i'm good i can do all of the horrible things in the world um so i think we're gonna see less of them on the forefront and them just like crawling behind the shadows so they can continue to be absolutely horrible and then there's going to be some probably fake progressives that pop up who have them as their chief of staffs and throughout their entire like campaign and they're still going to do the evil shit just a little bit more hidden i feel like but obviously none of us know but i almost feel like there might be kind of room to talk a little bit about uh so we've talked, I know, on here in the greenhouse haha, uh, before about the how Democrats kind of just lay down and let things like go and like Republicans are more willing to play the game and how we kind of wish Democrats would like play the game too a little bit, even if it feels a little slimier. And I almost feel like the Cuomo types are the types that will play the game and kind of skirt the rules and do those things. And so I almost wonder um, if we're kind of in a trajectory where these people do have a forefront space in the stage because Republicans have been playing the game like this for years. And now there's like a recognition that it needs to be played on the other end too. And these people are the ones who are more willing to do it because they are the more domineering types. Um, so I could, I could see it going exactly how Sky said it would go. Like I, that feels completely like plausible, but I could also see the opposite where they start to come into the forefront because there's this like movement of like, we need stronger leaders to be willing to push. Mm-hmm. Um, and they them ending up looking like this because a lot of these people in these positions who are these strong arming Democrats are the types who have had these positions for years or whose families have had the positions or who have really strong bases. So they don't have to be as scared of, you know, not getting elected back in because they piss people off because they just have this name recognition, this money, the connections that they don't really have to be concerned about it, in my opinion, until something huge like this happens where the whole country starts hating Cuomo at the same time <laughs> um, and then he decides to leave. Uh, but, and, and does so I feel like with on this too, this type of politician, I think it might stick around, but also Cuomo himself, I've been kind of curious to see where he goes. Cause he doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the type to just disappear into the ether, right? Like he's probably still going to be doing these lobbying things, working in the background. Like Sky said, I, I could definitely see him being that kind of guy being a big donor for different organizations. Like, I think he's going to have influence still. Um, it's just a matter of what that's going to look like. I think he's someone that I want to keep an eye on and see where he goes, because that I think will give us a cue too. Mm-hmm. And that was something that people were speculating about pretty wildly in 2020 is like, you know, when there were the initial concerns about Joe Biden's being all there, there was this idea people had. And when Cuomo was showing this intense perceived competence people had this idea like is he going to run up in 2024 are they going to do a surprise convention where they make him the nominee all of a sudden um was cuomo going to be biden's running mate that was a question that came up god that would have been horrible well yeah (laughs) and that's the thing is like cuomo isn't going to go away that's what i was gonna think of is like 
he comes from one of the most prominent democratic families the cuomo family Mm -hmm. uh his dad was governor his younger brother is a cnn anchor there he's not going away either Mm -hmm. um has he said anything about his brother's allegations i mean i don't follow cnn i'm assuming he's i i'm I'm not not sure what he would even (laughs) say my brother he's a sexual assaultant but everybody is all kumos um, <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely is weird that Chris's statement hasn't been publicized. But also, if you were Chris Cuomo, you wouldn't want to say anything either. Um, But yeah, I feel like because of Chris or sorry, because of Andrew Cuomo's like position and his loyalty to the party and how, having held like, you know, the governor of New York is a pretty safely held Democratic position. But it's not one that comes lightly. It is like one of the most populated states. New York City is a gem in terms of being able to put that on your resume. And he would be seen as competent enough for some kind of cabinet gig. So 2024, he could come back. I'm just telling people to be, you know, cautious of that. Yeah, I think exactly what Sky was saying. I feel like Cuomo's a prime candidate for kind of falling into the woodworks and just not being in the public light because he's, as much as, you know, we're joking about him or whatever, he is very politically savvy. I mean, he hasn't been making it in this for no reason for so long and he hasn't had so much backing for so long for no reason. Um, So, like I said, I said it a little bit earlier, but like him resigning was definitely a tactical move. I mean, him going through a kind of a, I'm going to, for lack of a better word, bloody kind of impeachment trial would have looked awful for him because, yeah, it would have made him look tough. But at the same time, uh, it's the middle Delta, the Delta variant's a thing. COVID's on the rise again. If he was seen as a selfish person who continues to fight while there's bigger problems to deal with, that's really bad for him. So I think that the resignation was the first step. And the fact that in his resignation, he didn't say like, I am guilty. I did do these things. Like he can't, he skirted around. I'm sorry. They interpreted it that way. I have an old way of doing things and people don't understand that I am. I do make jokes that can offend people. Um, they felt this way when, uh, they were offended. The, all this language doesn't actually put the impetus on him. So I think we're going to see him kind of fading away, but not actually like he's going to like what Sky was saying earlier. I think Cuomo's a prime, prime candidate. I don't think he'll be in the public light. I really don't think, Maybe I'm wrong, but I really don't think he'll be back in the public light. I don't think a lot of Democratic politicians are going to want to take a gamble on Cuomo. Like, I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. want to have him front and center because he's going to look really bad on them. This is something I was just thinking of, too, because at least I remember the New York uh, Speaker of the House said something to the effect of, like, had he not resigned, we were ready to draw articles of impeachment. Mm-hmm. But I'm also just wondering, like, Taking the heat specifically for sexual misconduct, do you think that lets him off the hook for things like the COVID response, like uh, the nursing home debacle, like any other perceived or potential breach of power that he could have been on the hook for? And this is, you know, just pure speculation on my end, but, you know, clearly resigning for this kind of lets him off the hook for everything else at least for now yeah i think i think people are not going to be paying as much attention because this was the big this is the big thing right right now mm-hmm. um 
you do still have the very consistent people who have been talking about the nursing home deaths and a lot of people who have consistently been talking about overreaches of power, but I really think those are kind of in behind it. And I think because it's been COVID, he, he got away with not having to deal with the repercussions of that stuff because we are in a global pandemic and it's really hard. I mean, we've seen through years of, of other politicians taking power, it's really hard to change leaders in a time of unrest and in a, a time of mm -hmm. like uncertainty. Like you don't want to be changing your leaders because that could fuck shit up. So I think that protected him uh, considerably for a lot of these other things that we've seen. Um, but I agree. I think this is just getting him out. They're going to count that as like, okay, he's gone. We don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> and it's going to kind of quiet down. Yeah. I think one of the big reasons why he was like, yeah, definitely not going to let them impeach me is because then we really have to talk about um, all of the other, especially big name Democrats who are, have been accused of doing other sexual assault things and they have just been swept under the rug. Um, but I, I do think he's just going to, he's not going to face any repercussions. I think it's just like one of those, like how Trump did it when he just, just so many bad things happen. It's like, how can you even keep track and what, how do you know what to, uh, punish first because there's just so many bad things and until he decides to be in the public light and have people actively um, being able to be like so what about this uh, he won't face any of those repercussions he'll just maybe the attorney general will try to get him maybe like should come out and do 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 <laughs> call the shooters out on her on him but on that. Um, <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> um i think he should i don't think any politician in america can get in trouble for any of this because if one of them goes down all of them have to they all do yeah it's it's the domino effect it's just waiting to happen though so this could be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back but i mean we have to hope and pray that you know accountability and justice for everyone who suffers as a result of this thing does happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, institutional forces like this create some of the safest places for these kinds of people to hide. I think it's been kind of related, but not totally. So this is back on the conversation about like Democrats and the way that reacted mm -hmm. to a lot of things and kind of how that looks. Um, I think it's been really telling the amount of people I've seen who have made the comment of like, well, we're doing this to Cuomo, but no one did this to Trump. And it's like, there's a sense of like perceived betterness. Like, again, like a patting themselves on the back for like, you know, Cuomo did this and we got him. He's one of ours, but we got him for it. And, and Republicans don't do that. So we're better than them. And I just think the last thing the Democratic Party needed was people going we have the moral high ground. Look how good mm -hmm. we are. Because that's, I think, a big problem that alienates a lot of voters. It alienates a lot of people is this perceived sense of like, huh, look how great we are. We're so much better than everybody else. We hold to our own moral standards. And it's like, oh, stop. Which is please. the worst reason. Because like, if you believe that like, there should be justice for people who get hurt by sexual misconduct, you need to believe that you can't just do it because it's politically expedient and it's i mean it's particularly telling when 
the same amount of people who engaged in commentary about Kavanaugh, commentary about Trump, then were able to make excuses for Biden. Mm-hmm. That's all acknowledge it mm-hmm. at all. Or come up with convenient excuses or like just engage in like very toxic victim blaming. And it's like, how could you? And, and I mean, to be fair, Trump engaged in some of it as well. Like he had uh, Bill Clinton's accusers come out to like the debate he had against Hillary one time. So both parties, but, but, but that's the thing. Both parties engage in, you know, parading out survivors of trauma to gain political points. So that's a disgusting practice that, you know, needs to end because this is a it's one of those problems that for me exists outside of ideology. It's just something that needs to be solved, period. It it, it can't just be left up to my team's better because we do it less or because we do more things related to it, which is why you should pick our side. That's that's always the worst reason to do it. But I think in Joe Biden's case, it's particularly telling um, that to get him across the finish line, people got in trouble for saying this. I still kind of hold on to this line of, you know, they fundamentally killed me too to get Biden across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on like, what does that entail? What does that really look like fundamentally? Cause it went from like a foreground issue to just swept under the rug. And I know the pandemic has that effect on every issue, but not about sexual assault. <laughs> like it, like people still get sexually assaulted during the pandemic. Like it, it has happened since the age of time. And I think the real thing is, is the fact that the Me Too movement was taken over by a lot of white feminists and then those white feminists didn't like Trump, so they were going to go all in on whoever it was, and they didn't care about the repercussions. They didn't care about if that person actually fit their values. And they truly just ignored every single victim and every single vo- uh, uh, video and photo they have seen of Joe Biden being disgusting and uncomfortable to women of Girls and women, I will say, not women of all ages, girls and women. And they're just like, mm, I guess it's it's fine because he's not Trump. Because Trump had, again, did more and did it worse and has done worse things. And Biden said he didn't mean to. And he just, he's such a touchy old man. Like, no, like this has been something that has been joked about and like, politics for so long and you just allowed it to happen it's like harvey weinstein all over again well i i'm gonna be pretty pessimistic not that i've been particularly optimistic this entire time (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be a little pessimistic and you know i think me too was a really good moment but i actually would argue that it didn't change a lot and i'm saying that from a place of like sky said sexual assault, sexual harassment, rape, all these things have happened forever, right? Like, these are not new concepts. And yes, Me Too made it more, I guess, comfortable to openly talk about it, or it made it, like, more socially acceptable to talk about it openly, but it's not like people didn't know. 
Mm -hmm. mean, like we've, uh, people have always known this stuff has been happening. This is not a new idea. Like it's just a matter of, I guess, maybe you could argue that the shift was that people were again, openly talking about it more, which is a positive thing. However, I didn't see it taking any actual, like, I mean, there were some people who got hit like celebrities. And I think that's really important because my God, (laughs) the amount of celebrities that I don't even want to get into that, but like, I don't know. I just feel like it was, I don't want to say doomed to fail, but like these things are so complicated. And it's why I think Cuomo will never see any repercussions. I don't think any politicians going to see any repercussions because even getting people who don't have a lot of political power or influence don't get got on these kind of cases very often. I mean, conviction Mm -hmm. rates for things like this are very, very low. Um, They're hard to prove. You don't have a lot of flat out evidence. And if you do, it's usually really traumatizing to the victim. So they don't want to do it. Like, I just, as much as I appreciated me too making this something people could talk about, I also don't think it was going to, I didn't think it was going to make a huge shift, which is again, very pessimistic. And I'm sorry for that. but <laughs> It's just around that. I think it's fair to talk about events in the zeitgeist, you know, with a critical eye and, you know, as a man, I'm going to, just encourage the audience to take what I have on all this with a grain of salt. And a shot of lime. And a shot of lime, yes. Mm -hmm. But um, it it, it is interesting the way that, and I I don't know if I want to shift the lens to me too necessarily, but it did kind of implode without anyone's real input because it kind of was co-opted by popular media in a sense right um and it's by white women and white women celebrities no offense to gabby but yes yes gabby (laughs) i mean i like i know it's it's, yeah i mean i'm fully aware (laughs) yeah rose Rose mcgowan yeah it started so with the thing about me too that i find interesting is that it started as a hashtag and it was mostly working women of color trying to just share everyday experiences pertaining to the matter and it's co-optation by people with more fame more celebrity more money really is like is an interesting avenue to understand what happened um but also like i guess it's salience as an issue it lasted a lot longer than most things do in America. Like, especially yeah. especially considering Trump's America, how you had a new news cycle every fucking day, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Me Too, I mean, yeah, it was like at least a year and a half. It stayed as like a thing people could focus on. It was a thing that people could concretely use as a lens to kind of make sense of what was going on around them. And there were stories pertaining to it every day. And it, you know, there is a net positive of highlighting for people who don't know just how pervasive and how prevalent uh, the issue of this kind of misconduct and the kind of trauma that people live with is. But at the same time, like, yeah, the way it was handled in popular media and the way it was co-opted and especially like seeing how it was used to a politically expedient end by Democrats. And then as soon as it was no longer useful, 
they just threw, swept it under the rug. Yeah. It's I, frustrating. Yeah, I feel like, back on what Sky was saying earlier, it, it literally, I think it might have stayed in the public consciousness be, partly because Trump was president, right? Because there was mm-hmm. all these accusations and it was advantageous and it was a very easy way to like hate, I mean, everyone was hating Trump and then it was an easy way to like, oh yeah, also he's in this, like a lot of women have been assaulted by him. So it's like that kind of narrative. And then as soon as Biden hit hit the stage, like Sky was saying it, you know, uh, the, the white women <laughs> Democrats, right, are like, oh, well, you know, you know, like he just does, he's an old man. I mean, he does things. It's like, I don't know what you're trying to say. Like, well, <laughs> especially co-opting these kind of issues. I've always had a problem. I think we're kind of touching on this. Sexual assault, sexual harassment, things of this nature shouldn't be political issues. And I know that's speaking like that's very idealistic of me to say, but like there are some issues I just think should be like you're a decent person and therefore you don't think they are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess I could lump in a lot of other things into this too. Like you'd think like racism would be in that group too, but like nah. So, you know, to me, when I hear these things co opted, I'm just like, God, it's so icky it's so gross it's like it shouldn't be a political stance for you to believe survivors mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a political stance to me but i digress no i think that's fair i think that's really fair and i think especially when you had a, a giant field of candidates in 2020 that they could have all coalesced around mm-hmm. i just i'm just wondering what it was that made biden attractive because yes like he won. Okay, we can say he won decisively in South Carolina. I'm not even going to dispute that anymore. But it was far from over. That was only the fourth primary to happen at that point. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, Obama makes a call and says, let's all declare for Biden. And it's like, okay, forget Bernie at this point. There were several other, if it had to come down to a male candidate, male candidates who don't have a record of this. Mm-hmm. I would have voted for Cory Booker. No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I personally love a. Uh, I, 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 I like. I, I like all the guys in the Rosario Dawson's boyfriend club. Eric Andre. <laughs> a P. Booty Judge would be too if he wasn't gay. <laughs> if he sadly wasn't gay in his eyes, I know he doesn't want to be gay. <laughs> I know he prayed the gay away so many times. <laughs> I, it, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's like you're saying, though. Like, it's one of those things that's not ideological. It's one of those things that, like, as a measure of, like, living in a civilized society or having some degree of, like, modernity, you should be against this kind of behavior. You should see it as, like, a red flag period that's how i that's how i feel about it and that you know it makes someone unfit for public service i think that's that's a fair thing to say and believe Mm -hmm. but it's it's especially frustrating when you see people say it when you had people actually have hope that like maybe there could be some kind of justice and when you know how personally and deeply this can fuck someone up to see uh people get thrown under the bus 
And I made the mistake of reading uh, Tara Reid's statements. And it's pretty monstrous. And the fact that it was just swept under the rug, Mm -hmm. she was treated as, well, you're a Russian bot for opening up about this. How dare you talk about your assault? It's it's deeply upsetting and it's indicative of a certain pathology that is toxic. Deeply toxic, deeply ingrained, and uh, prevents people from coming forward about painful things that have happened and bringing people to justice. And that's not to say that our justice system is perfect or handles these issues well, but you would think if someone believes in something, it would be this much. And the bar is that low. Mm-hmm. The bar is in hell. <laughs> it, it is on fire. Anyways, that that's my male feminism for the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I kind of on this, maybe this is not that related, so you can cut it if it doesn't make sense. But um, I feel like one of the only issue areas that I've found is like, I want to say bipartisan, which is like such a weird word, is actually the death penalty, which is so weird. Like you see it more in Republican states, but I feel like I see a lot of Democrats who are like, but if they do something bad enough, yes. And I'm like, hold on, what is this? Like, why is this the thing? Why are we agreeing on this? Like, I don't, I don't know. That might be out of left field. I'm just thinking about issues that are quote unquote bipartisan, things that tend to be uniting. And I almost feel like, the American citizens want to kill people they deem bad is like the one thing. They might disagree on who's bad enough to kill, but like usually there's agreement on that. Me being someone who is very against the death penalty in every way, shape, and form, just putting that out there. But and it, it's, it's, right thing. it's really crazy that there's like a lot of the people who are on death row are like these like murderous rapist or like just like someone who went beyond the line and then when you have it on the kind of like other side of the spectrum where it's not they didn't murder them they might have not even like assaulted them to that extent but we're just going to let that be okay and let everybody believe that assaulting people is okay as long as you don't do this part because then you're going to be on death row, maybe, depending on the state. Well, well, also, just like, I guess the death penalty, even though it's, I, I see it's a welcome digression, right, is, you know, on what meaningfully do Democrats and Republicans disagree on, aside from different culture war arenas? Broadly speaking, when it comes to crime and punishments, foreign policy, uh, how we dictate our economic will around the world, they seem to be pretty hand in hand on that stuff. And that's really the stuff that matters in terms of what America needs to get done in that sense. Right. So I'm not sure how, if you really only have two parties that seem to win and contest elections, they would have a infinite arena of issues to disagree on meaningfully at some point for the actual business of running the American ship of state, they would have to agree on this kind of archaic um, cruelty in systems like sanctions, like the death penalty, like the drug war, like um, – 
I mean, you, you, you can insert issue here, but that like that American state of ship of state business, they seem to have a lot to agree on. And I mean, that's why you can find uh, people with somewhat monstrous tendencies on either side of the aisle. Because, you know, if you're willing to do X, you'd certainly be willing to do Y. But it's it's unique uh, how Democrats flounder compared to Republicans. Um, and it's also unique to see some of the fandom that pops up around them. So I think, you know, this is to get us out of this black hole of a topic we're in. <laughs> I mean, we all remember that phase last year of everyone saying they were Cuomo-sexual. So let's just take a second to cringe collectively as we hearken back to that time. Uh, and how, and even not just Kumo, like people. Like big Wretch? A, a few, yeah. But like a few years ago, it was like, oh my God, Joe Biden. Look at him. He was hot in one picture from oh, 8,000 yeah. years ago. Like him and Obama are best friends. This is amazing. Be at that. Like it was disgusting. And they, Tim like, Kane was hotter when he was younger. Tim Kane was hotter when he was younger. <laughs> we all saw them photos. What, uh, what is he doing? He just. He's still a senator from Virginia. Okay. At least he's, he's doing more than Hillary. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, there's just. <laughs> I think the, the real problem is there's. Is yes, the idea of the Democrats and the Republicans being the same side of um, or the two different sides of the same coin. Um, But there's a lot of other politicians who literally I feel like they woke up one day, they flipped the coin and they were like, "Ah, I guess I'm a Democrat now, but I'm going to have all of these Republican ideas. Um, But they're there or they're just like in they from whatever state they're from and they're like, Who's really gonna win? Is it gonna be a Democrat or is it gonna be a Republican? Oh, it's a Democrat. I guess that's what I am. Um, and they don't have the actual sense of quote unquote morals that Democrats are supposed to have. Um, and then like the people who are Republicans don't have the ruthlessness of how other Republicans are. And it's just it's absolute like bullshit in why this two party system isn't working and why you shouldn't just only vote Republican or only vote Democrat because you believe that they'll like, because they're in this party, they're good and not, Hey, let me look into this politician. Oh wait, they're a piece of shit. Let's not vote for them because they're a piece of shit. I think too, there's, I don't know. I think people have the desire to want to feel like, politicians and celebrities and people of that nature are like are like and i said this earlier kind of but like are like them and like they can relate to them and they're all these different pieces i mean really like politicians people have said this a thousand times they're like celebrities people treat them like celebrities like hence mm-hmm. the formal sexual stuff and the hot joe biden and like all this kind of stuff is like very familiar because it's what people do with 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 uh their favorite celebrities oh they would never do x because they're a really good person it's like you don't know that person like that's not real um that's not a real relationship you've developed and i think the same thing with politicians and i think maybe even more with politicians because when you vote for them you're basically putting 
you're giving them a little bit of power, right? You are basically taking the tiny bit of power you have and you're going, I'm investing it in you to do a thing that I like. And when they say, I do all these things that you like, and you go, cool, here you go. And then they turn out to be a shitty person. <laughs> like that can be kind of hard. Cause you're like, oh, I gave them that power. I actively chose that because they told me that they were like me. And so I think when people look at that, they see not only the values and morals of the party and say, oh, that's what I like, but also they look at the person, they like, okay, how else can I connect with them? What else about them is cool? Obama plays basketball. I like basketball. Like it's this kind of like connection that you feel. And it's not recognizing that they're in a completely different zone, especially the higher up in government you get, your senators, your, your president. I mean, I obviously have never been president. Um, and I will say that the job probably sucks dick. Honestly, it probably sucks. And I don't know what kind of things they're faced with. I don't know how that position changes you as a person. Maybe these people went in really thinking that they would do something good. Or maybe someone started following this politician back when they were just a, a you know, a state senator, or a state congressperson, where they are comparatively have a lot less power. And as that went up, um, they started to get kind of morphed and changed by the system that we have and like the way they had to compromise. Like, I think it's just easier though to, connect with them or feel like they're like you but it's really hard when they get to that high level because they're not the president is not like you and they never will be <laughs> right and it's it's interesting how people can project these parasocial relationships you know on celebrities on politicians specifically and it's 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 making me notice um the kind of consumer relationship we have to electoral politics in america right and it's kind of in the same way that people identify with the brands they consume. You know, Mac users are very, you know, prone to be like, well, come on, it's better than, than Android or PC. I I personally don't care. I think computers are the devil, but that's besides the me. The real thing, it's better than Windows. That's the real They're team. all the devil, but sure, me, the better one. On sure. <laughs> Mac is better. Or even like uh Windows so much. Well but it's also like again, you can sync uh your identity into your consumer choices. I mean how many useless arguments have we all had about which fast food joint is better? How much of us have built a posting identity or like have semi ironically joked about like I would have my wedding at Taco Bell? Like feel like that would be a very affordable wedding though it, yeah, if, yeah if they're going in the like the affordability i'm with that because you can eat you can feed a lot of people under a, a small budget easy easily un yeah. under a thousand dollars yeah and even just like the amount of people who will identify with a purchase or with a brand even after knowing certain things like mm -hmm. chick-fil-a's homophobia a lot of people will either like then upplay their own homophobia to justify their their consumer purchase or they'll just be like oh you guys are being soft the customer service is great and I, i'm not even sure like have you heard the conspiracy theory that uh chick-fil-a employees are people who like the organization has dirt on and that's why they're pushed into being so nice in their customer service. Like they have their families and like hostage or like literally just blackmailing them and be like, if you don't give the best customer service, we're going to shoot your puppy. And because that's how it feels. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't like no one in the world is that happy 
or that apologetic, especially if you worked in any kind of fast food establishment through the pandemic, I bet your ass you're not going to be like, have a great day, at least not um, genuinely. I, I say that sarcastically a lot, um, but you're not going to be the fake happy nice that Chick-fil-A employees are forced to be. And even if you are, it's just absolutely like ridiculous to make your employees just, it seems like they're afraid that they can't even like be normal humans and be like, wow, this customer sucks or just treat them like how they're treating them. Yeah. I, I guess maybe to bring, uh, the topic back to the head um you know being an ex-democrat and like kind of coming out of that world a lot of these you know cult of personality initiatives around different uh democratic politicians a lot of it is astroturf a lot of it is like ginned up but I think when you're in that deep of territory of loyalty to this party, you start just engaging in it to feel good or to like feel validated because you just keep seeing like we can't do X, Y, and Z because the parliamentarian said we couldn't or whatever excuse it is for the day. But then you'll see like a, uh, TikTok of Big Gretch uh, w- just walking in a mask and you're just like okay she's badass but like or even like uh, just all these Joe and Kamala like how long are they going to keep walking how long are they going to keep walking <laughs> in all these promotional stills <laughs> not walking to actually change the pandemic or help anyone or actually make the changes with these horrible governors in the south are just like if you have a mask mandate you're not getting funding which is happening in florida in florida yeah um but i think like it speaks to and i I, we said this on past episodes and i think you know this is another arena this comes up in is like this idea that there's no meaningful engagement in politics aside from self-validation that you're you know really just identifying with these politicians or identifying with this persona around them as a kind of self-validation exercise or as a kind of way to feel good about your side instead of participating in or believing in any real project for change and reform or exerting power in some kind of way. So that's really how I understand all of the People who made a big showing of being homosexual or, you know, people who do stuff that's kind of cringe really like, yes, that's my governor or and, and honestly, like I say this as someone who is a Bernie stan and has kind of been just recently disappointed by some of the things he's doing and saying is like you can't really tie your self-validation to politicians who politicians who you in theory support because politics is not a spectator sport. You know what I mean? It's not just something that you get to watch and it's like, oh, you're my team wins, so I get to feel good because I'm wearing the jersey. But because politics is largely a spectacle in our country now, that's what it's become. 
So as frustrating as it is to look at people who are quote unquote homosexual now doing a 180 on it, it's kind of a symptom of the problem more than it is like the problem itself. Well, and I, you know, as much as it's frustrating to see people now doing the 180 now that it looks bad to be in support of Cuomo, I do have to say, like, I prefer that to them doubling down and claiming everything he's doing is fine. Like, because your politicians are people that are not, you're not always going to agree with every single facet of what they're doing. Like, that just is a thing. Um, Again, I think it's very hard because you are, like I said earlier, kind of giving that one little piece of power you have to that person and saying, like, please do good things with it. And if they don't do good things with it, then you feel probably guilt or you feel bad, especially Mm -hmm. for supporting them. And, you know, as long as people are able to recognize, like, this person is not your personality. This person is not someone you know. Like, this person could do things that you don't approve of later, like, and acknowledge that and be real about it instead of being like, oh, I always hated Cuomo. Well, like, no, you didn't. Like, (laughs) you know, at least be honest. But if you're able to to say I no longer support this person because new information's come out, that's way better than doubling down and saying, like, well, even if they do it, I still think they did better things. It's like, well probably not that worst thing i never liked them to begin with when that's like blatantly a lie um, you know it's not great but it's something yeah people talk a lot about like ooh, don't people need a space to grow and show growth but we see less and less in that every day and the people who demand like the opportunity to show growth also like never seem to go uh exercising that as something they do themselves and, you know, the example I'm going to run with as my pet example is um, Hillary Clinton's um, record on LGBT issues in 2016, right? I mean, of course, you're a Democrat in 2016. You're for it. That's fine. But if there was just a subtle admission of, yeah, I supported DOMA back in the day and I was in favor of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I was wrong. I'm with you guys now that's all it would have took but it was this repeat um denial and this repeat um non-engagement of the question and this kind of um doubling down in problematic ways that we see i mean people of all stripes do it but we see it we see democrats do it a lot and that was one of the questions i saw come up a lot in when in the height of me too was well then what happens to people who are guilty or in trouble like don't they get a time to grow don't they get a space to learn or apologize and it's like i'll believe it when i see it let's see let's see some apologies let's see some growth but i think it's just become such a productive uh use of the content machine and it's become another spectacle such that i'm i'm kind of pessimistic again i'm not i'm not sure what's meaningfully going to change yeah i think it's important too to be distinct about what you can grow from like okay i'm always of the opinion that people can change and be better even if they do things that are pretty bad early on but do i want those people as my politicians do i want sexual assaulters as my politicians no probably not i don't really want those people to have power they've shown that they're not responsible with power However, in terms of like, you know, not to say that I love that Hillary Clinton had negative views on LGBT people and supported policies that hurt us, frankly. Um, But I will say that like, 
that's something that as much as I'm not super cool with, I'm like, yeah, maybe you can grow if you're willing to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there should be distinction of like people are, can't they grow and change? It's like, yeah, I'm totally down for you to change your opinion based on new information or change based on, you know, social or, or if you've learned or grown, I'm totally cool with that. But like, I don't really think you learn and grow out of being an assaulter. And I don't think we should give assaulters power. Like, yes, I do. I think they should be locked away forever. Probably not. We could probably do some reform work and, and do things. that's not really the most productive thing. But do I want them to be the governor of New York? No, no, I do not. Like, <laughs> that's too much power. Take it away. Like, no, thank you. Uh, so I think it's an important distinction there in that growth narrative. I think people tend to be oversimplistic about it. Like, everyone can grow and change. It's like, well, yes, but that doesn't mean we should give them power. Next mm-hmm. question. Like, mm-hmm. I think the craziest thing about this situation of someone gets called out and now they decided that it's time for them to grow. Um, and it's just like, you're telling me that between the time that the incident where everyone knows about it happened and the time you issued this apology that's usually a notes app apology, something bullshit and something very basic that some PR person wrote. Um, you're telling me that you have learned and you have grown and you don't feel that way anymore or you're not that person anymore when you literally just exuded the behaviors and you have done absolutely nothing to grow. I think it really pisses me off when I see those and it's like, I'm growing or someone is teaching me and it's like, okay, but then what, what is that? Cause then you should be able to physically tell me what you're doing to grow. And he, he can't even grow from this because he's not even acknowledging that it is a problem, which a lot of them don't do. It's always the apology of, I'm sorry you felt this way. I'm sorry you're offended. I'm sorry you uh, are ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's important also to like with that parse through the politics language like I was talking about earlier, like Cuomo is the politics language guy and he didn't apologize. Like he said he was apologizing, but it wasn't an apology. And being able to understand that that's not real and that's not genuine and that's not a basis for growth. Like you can't grow from something like that. Um, and being aware of those political answers, the Hillary Clintons, I've always, or just not acknowledging as another political move, just hoping that people just kind of take her at face value now as opposed to acknowledging the stuff before. Um, I think it's like super important because, yeah, there's a lot of language manipulation that's really important to pay attention to and like pay credence to, but I agree mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, bottom line, what this comes down to is honesty. All we're demanding really is just honesty from people in government, people who are in power to just be responsible with it. It's not even that high of an ask. And that's just something to remember, too, is like when you ask for, you know, the kind of collective reform we're all asking for, or when you're talking about a better world or when you're just like trying to make sense of some of this stuff, like just just hold it, just hold in your mind just for a second. Like you're not asking for much. A lot of us are not asking for much, to be honest. And that's what this comes down to with this Cuomo business. So if you ever hear, uh, I mean, I, I love calling this new coalition of people Blue MAGA, of um, <laughs> of people who just like are going off on you uh, for not showing the degree of deference or loyalty to a Democratic politician that they expect of you. The call for accountability, the call for uh, honesty is not a, it's not a big ask. 
So any closing thoughts for this episode? I feel like you wrapped up kind of what I was feeling is just reminding ourselves this isn't something that is ridiculous to try to request or yeah, that they should be responsible power. I mean, yeah, what you said, it's, it's, it should be a given that you're being responsible and that if I'm giving you a little bit of my, the only thing I have right to influence the system really in a very direct way, I expect you to be responsible with it and not abuse your staff. Um, and when, if you do to take responsibility and leave your position, like, and for your people working under you to say something when they see it happening, um, it shouldn't take a whole attorney general investigation for this. It, frankly, it's a waste of the, not waste of, but like it shouldn't have needed to take all of her time and all this energy and months and months of all this stuff. And taxpayer dollars. Yeah. I mean, taxpayer dollars, time, and we're in a really hard point in our like nation's history like why during a pandemic are we wasting our resources on andrew cuomo like i if he had just been responsible when this stuff came out took it taken it and you know stepped down we would have been able to save a lot uh but yeah that's what you said basically um i think it's just so telling that after all of these accusations of sexual assault on all aisles of the, just everywhere in politics, especially that there aren't more or easier ways for these people or people to um, report it, or there aren't necessary things. Like if someone is being accused of sexual assault, we take them out of their position. We automatically do um, a trial and then we appoint someone else to be governor. Isn't there a lieutenant governor literally for this reason? Um, and we do a fair trial. We line up the witnesses. We actually try to figure this out. And if we uh, find them guilty, then they're not going to be governor anymore. And it stops right there or whatever political there's nothing even in the works of saying like if you have an accusation we need to figure this out um and even until we have one of like something put in place we can't trust that that is something that actually is cared about by the democratic party or the republican or any party um because it's always going to be let's allow let's make multiple survivors come out and say that they have been assaulted so more of those survivors can come out and then we can do something and not just or even like a independent way for people to um let these accusations like give these accusations to someone who is outside of the actual political party or whatever that is here to look through these allegations and actually take them seriously. Like an independent party or something? Yeah, like uh, just, like it literally should be, it should be, it could be a fucking branch of the government. I don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) Or like, because it happens this much and they they need someone specifically to do this work. Um, Because no one's taking it seriously and this is just going to continue to happen in different political entities and facets and bullshit. Anyway, with that happy note, 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks again, Gabby Sky, for coming through uh, and for laundering my male sexism on this program. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the show is Greenhouse Gaslighting. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at Pod Greenhouse. If folks want to follow either of you, where should they go? Don't follow me. That's stalking. And I will call the police. <laughs> if you follow Greenhouse Gaslighting on Twitter, you'll see my 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 handle. And that's where I don't I don't do anything political on my Twitter, though. It's just a bunch of anime bullshit. So have fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll plug your handle in the tweet. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you'll find the links to all our socials. Just, just just follow us. I post wacky memes on Instagram every now and then. No one uses Facebook. Don't worry about it. Uh, I like to watch cat and dog videos. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, that's probably the only thing people use Facebook for. Um, and yeah, I will be making an appearance on the Not Safe for Wonks uh, podcast sometime next week. This week. You'll, you'll see it. I'll link it. Uh, so make sure to catch us there. Uh, so thanks again, dear listeners, for coming to visit us at the Greenhouse. Until next time, take care. <laughs>